0: Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldin and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. We're starting to take the first small steps towards restarting the economy by reopening business. This weekend, the government set out a new protocol to be used by all workplaces, both before and after they reopen. Measures for business include a ban on handshakes and cup sharing, intensive cleaning measures and staggered office attendance by staff. Minister for Business, Heather Humphreys, outlined the Return to Work Safely protocol. Heather, coronavirus is a health crisis, but equally an economic crisis. What are businesses telling you about their experience at the moment?
1: Well, businesses, a lot of them are uh, closed at the minute. Uh, And of course, then there's there's about a million people still working in the economy in essential manufacturing and also in supermarkets, which of course uh, is making sure that we're all getting fed. And I I do want to acknowledge uh, the people that are out there working at the cold face uh, and to thank them for the work that they're doing. And also uh, I want to just say thanks to those business owners uh, and workers right across the country uh, for the part that they're playing and indeed the sacrifices they're making uh, to help us get through this uh, unprecedented uh, public emergency and uh, at this stage now businesses are anxious to get back to work and that's why uh, I published the protocol that will support them, uh, support both businesses and workers across all sectors uh, to return to work uh, safely uh, following uh, the COVID-19 closures.
0: So what's the idea behind it and, and, and who was behind its, its development?
1: Well, it's a a critical component of the government's roadmap for reopening society as we gradually lift uh, the current restrictions. It was developed and agreed in consultation with the social partner members uh, of the Labour Employer Economic Forum, known as LEAF, uh, which is for high-level dialogue between government uh, and uh, union and employer representatives. So the protocol is mandatory and the HSA will be in charge of its oversight and enforcement. And it applies to all workplaces right across the economy. And uh, it also reflects the current advice about measures to reduce the spread of COVID-19 in the community issued by the National Public Health Emergency Team. So if the advice changes, the protocol and the measures that employers and workers need to address may also change. That's the reason. It's a living
0: document. So for this to work, Heather, you need buy-in from both employers and staff. Isn't that right?
1: Absolutely. And that's why it was crucial that uh, the employer representative bodies and also the unions were involved in this. So we have uh, got agreement on this document and i have to say they did put in a huge amount of work to make sure that uh, they covered all all the concerns that the fed both employers and employees would have and uh, it's it's good now that it has been uh, completed and the fact is that many sectors also have developed uh, detailed COVID plans and return to work plans that uh, capture most if not all of the measures in the protocol and uh, i'd also like to acknowledge uh, and thank them for their work. And uh, also the fact that many critical and essential businesses have continued to operate during the pandemic uh, with the appropriate safeguards in place. For example, if you look at supermarkets and pharmacies, they're all, uh, you know, they have put in uh, the necessary uh, measures uh, to safeguard, not just their staff, but also their customers.
0: Under this protocol, how will businesses prepare themselves for a return to work?
1: So each workplace will appoint one lead worker representative who will work with the employer to ensure that COVID-19 measures are strictly adhered to in the workplace. Um, And before a workplace uh, reopens, the employer will be asked to get their employees to answer a few very very simple questions, such as whether or not they have COVID-19 symptoms, and whether they've been in contact with someone displaying symptoms, and, and so forth. Uh, There'll also be uh, induction training for all workers to make sure that they're up to speed on the public health advice and guidance. Employers are also required to update their safety plans in consultation with and with the agreement of workers in advance of reopening. And the plan should include measures relevant to COVID-19, for example, social distancing, the provision of hand sanitizers, tissues and clinical waste bags, as well as clear procedures around hand washing and uh, respiratory etiquette and I have to say that is still the most important thing that you need to wash your hands regularly. Uh, They're also required uh, to put a response plan in place outlining details of how they would deal with a suspected case of COVID-19 in the workplace uh, with a designated manager in charge so there's one person that, that you go to if, if an outbreak uh, develops in your place of work. So if a worker displays any symptoms of the virus during working hours the designated manager must direct that person to a specific isolation area and arrange for that person to remain in isolation before arranging for them to be transported home or to a medical facility, avoiding, of course, public transport. And then the employer must also carry out a full risk assessment of the incident to see what, if any, further action needs to be taken. And these are just uh, some high-level aspects of the protocol obviously some aspects of the protocol will vary from workplace to workplace and what's practical in a small shop will be different to what's needed in a large uh, manufacturing uh, factory
0: and what about things like temperature checks or face masks which have already prompted an awful lot of discussion generally
1: well we we have we're taking uh, the public health advice on um, temperature checks and uh, at the minute they say that that's not required but a company can put in place enhanced enhanced arrangements and some may have already done so in fact i do know that some companies actually have a a machine that they can automatically take their employees temperature on the way to work Uh, and uh, but this what this protocol does uh, that we have uh, published is it sets out the minimum standards all companies must comply with. And as I said, if it's a living document and that uh, instruction changes uh, from uh, the public health experts, then we, we'll uh, adjust it accordingly. And as for face masks, you know, public health advice does not require the wearing of face masks at a place of work at this time. But the chief medical officer said that he would be issuing guidance soon. So again, it's about. Uh, looking at what's coming down the road and we get new advice, we change, will change these protocols accordingly.
0: Uh, let's assume that, that uh, uh, physical distancing will be observed as part of the, the uh, under the protocol. Um, but where you have more specific circumstances, such as in uh, shared areas, canteen areas and maybe shared bathroom facilities, uh, what does the protocol uh, direct about those?
1: Well, in terms of uh, the, the shared facilities, it, again, it's up to the employers and employees to, to look at how they can manage uh, what they have. For example, they need to look at staggered lunch breaks, staggered coffee breaks, and uh, perhaps they can have uh, some system, uh, you know, in, in when they're using the restrooms as well. So again, it's, it's about what, how, how they can work together to come up with with good solutions, really. We must never forget what the purpose of all of this is. It's to reduce the the, the contagion of the disease and to, to try and, and save as many lives as possible.
0: Would there not be a significant cost to businesses to try and adhere to these regulations? And is there any proposal at government level to try and support these measures uh, financially?
1: Well, uh, I think it's important that we, we don't scare businesses when it comes to costs. Uh, Because a lot of what's in the protocol, it really is common sense. Uh, It's not going to cost businesses anything to tell their employees not to shake hands, not to use the same pens, to stagger breaks. And uh, also uh, having a clear plan of what you do if somebody develops symptoms, uh, keeping a log of who's working with who for contact tracing. Uh, Those are all important actions and, and they don't really have any costs. Of course, there are other aspects of the protocol, Uh, you know, that will have some costs, the provision of hand sanitizer and disinfectant wipes, for example, and certain businesses might have to provide PPE or put up plastic sneeze guards to protect workers. And indeed, that's something that is already, as I said, happening across the retail sector and it has worked. I'd encourage businesses to avail of uh, of the many supports that government has already put in place, to assist them through COVID. Uh, there's a range of grants and low-cost loans available through the local enterprise offices, Enterprise Ireland, Microfinance Ireland and uh, SBCI to help businesses. For small businesses the new 250 million euro restart fund which we announced last week would be a particular help. Uh, again I'd uh, strongly encourage businesses who are reopening to register for the wage subsidy scheme because uh, uh, it pays the the staff wages uh, up to a level of 85% uh, and that will obviously free up cash flow uh, for other areas. So businesses that are thinking of coming back, look at the wage subsidy scheme. It certainly will inject a good deal of uh, direct uh, granted into your business, especially when you have your workers back up and running again.
0: Even if you take that into account, though, some businesses will undoubtedly say uh, if they have to to reopen under uh, this and the wider protocols, uh, their businesses will be unsustainable. Uh, Take, for example, uh, smaller restaurants. Um, What options would be open to them?
1: Yeah, well, of course, it's 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 difficult. The restaurants is particularly challenging, and all of the supports I've mentioned uh, are available to the hospitality and restaurant sector. So, uh, the the two hundred and fifty million restart fund uh, that's going to include a grant of up to ten thousand euros for small businesses. So, we we will be announcing details of how to apply for that fund uh, this week. But uh, it's equivalent to what you paid in rates last year, as I said, up to a maximum of ten thousand. Also, uh, for um, the hospitality sector, uh, I know that um, you know the sector are calling, uh, in particular, for a return to the nine percent VAT rate. But that would require legislation. And uh, I know that Fawcett Ireland and the Department of Transport and Tourism are engaging with the sector. And indeed, Fawcett Ireland are already providing a range of supports. They have uh, issued guidance on uh, accessing government supports and other financial supports. They have issued a number of refunds, which are delivering almost 3 million back to Irish tourism businesses at this time. For example, they've given refunds. Uh, of accommodation registration charges and trade show participation fees, as well as some rent breaks and the abolition uh, of a range of other promotional charges for the rest of the year. And they're also developing a range of new supports, including sector-specific guidelines on reopening. Uh, But obviously, further bespoke supports for the hospitality sector will be needed, and I think that that would be an absolute uh, priority uh, for any incoming government. I know that in some places uh, the uh, restaurants have started to do uh, a, an online service where you can, uh, you know, they prepare the meal and you can uh, collect it. And uh, some of them are doing quite well uh, at that. So maybe there needs to be a combination of a number of things to get restaurants back to full production, even though they may not be able to uh, get as many people into their restaurants. And I fully understand the difficulties that this presents for them. And also for the the publicans, because there's some pubs, uh, if you don't get, uh, you know, a certain number of people in, it's not viable for them to open. But again, we have to work with each sector individually uh, to find the solutions and to help them uh, get back into business.
0: The Health and Safety Authority is responsible for policing this protocol, including having the power to shut down businesses who don't observe it. Isn't that the case?
1: Yeah, and just to say that the vast majority of businesses, workers, and the general public they do want to comply with both the public health guidelines, which cover the whole population, uh, and the measures set out in the protocol, which cover which cover workplaces. And we're satisfied uh, that uh, the, the health and safety authority uh, are are going to work uh, very closely with. Um, with businesses, and in the first instance, it, they're, they're, they will try to support businesses to comply with the guidelines, so that we can protect workers and help the businesses as to prepare to open. That said, if there are cases where the HFC, HSA have to enforce the protocol, up to and including closing down a business, well, they have the powers to do that. But really, we don't hope that we don't, you know, we don't think that they should be in that situation, because what they will do is. They want they will work with businesses uh, and uh, help them to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And to be fair, the majority of people want to do the right thing.
0: We've heard a lot about businesses operating in a black market type situation. Uh, For example, it's been it's been mentioned in relation to the hairdressing sector in particular. Can you understand why this is happening?
1: Well, uh, I spoke with representatives uh, from the hairdressing industry uh, this week and they have developed some proposals, uh, but they need to make sure that their ideas are in line with the protocol. Uh, so uh, we'll be uh, talking again to them uh, this week. And obviously this uh, the, the National Public Health Emergency Team will have to decide on any changes to the roadmap for hairdressers. And we saw from the figures this week that uh, we are continuing to flatten the curve. So, if that trend continues, I hope that we will be able to reopen the economy in line with the roadmap, if not more quickly. Uh, however, if the figures go against us and we go up again, we may have to reintroduce some of the restrictions. But at the end of the day, we, as I say, we can't lose sight of the fact that it's about saving lives. And I know uh, many, many women, including myself, that would love to. Uh, get back to my hairdresser <laughs> but unfortunately uh, that we can't do that yet and uh, again it's about working with the sector as I said I have spoken to them I'm going to talk to them again next week and based on this protocol that we have developed that they can look at that and, and see what they can do specifically uh, for their sector so that they can go safely back to work and also give their, 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 their customers the confidence that they'll want to, to go back into the, the hair salons.
0: Would you foresee in that context um, some sectors such as hairdressers and pubs uh, reopening earlier than the scheduled dates?
1: Well, the way I see this is if uh, we do well on the figures and uh, if we manage to reduce uh, the amount of people who are uh, contacting the virus, uh, I think that the, you know, the, there is flexibility in the roadmap to allow them open more quickly. Uh, but again, it'll, it'll, we'll have to be guided by public health advice, but certainly... Uh, well, it, it, the flexibility is there in the roadmap that uh, if things improve, we can uh, accelerate it. But also, uh, if things start to slip back, uh, we can put the brakes on and uh, we can, we'll have to obviously uh, increase uh, the measures or the restrictions. But hopefully, we'll be very positive and that will be the case and that we, we can move back uh, more quickly.
0: There's a provision in the protocol uh, to help with mental health and well-being of employees. What's the advice there?
1: Yes, indeed, because this is this is difficult and uh, it's uh, it's it's covered in the protocol. And, uh, you know, I would encourage employers uh, to, uh, you know, talk to their employees because this has been a very difficult time for everybody uh, and for those um, for those employers that have uh, specific experts uh, employed in that field, I'd encourage them to use them. Uh,
0: there are, uh, I mean, uh, up to six hundred um, cases of COVID nineteen in meat packing factories. How will this protocol prevent that problem from from continuing to happen?
1: Well, just to say that um, meat uh, plants uh, are an essential service; they've had to stay open. And uh, they're obviously part of uh, the food supply chain. And, um, you know, we're going to have to do everything we can uh, to support them in the interest of both public health uh, and, of course, the the supply chain as well. Um, I am aware uh, of um, a number of clusters and the HSE teams are currently in those plants uh, and are working with them. And just to say that uh, business businesses can do everything in good faith uh, but unfortunately this virus can still uh, get in and as i said this protocol uh, is giving us uh, the best chance possible to keep it out and again the hse is available um, to work with them currently and, and the, sorry the HSA is available also if, if needed
0: heather Humphrey, thank you my thanks to suzanne brennan who produced today's podcast And thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.